Welcome to Making Conversation, a podcast where we celebrate making in all its forms. We believe that the simple act of making can transform your life and in turn change our world. This is why making exists. Today, Ashley chats with Youngman Lee. We've had the pleasure of having Youngman in our making community for a while now. First as a contributor, then as a teacher in the making app, and now she is also one of the instructors for our upcoming ritual retreat. And I can't wait for you to hear more of her story. We just love her to pieces and know you will too. You can find Youngman at youngmanlee.com or in the making app. And now I'll pass it over to Ashley and Youngman. So my creative journey starts from my childhood. I was born and raised in Korea and my mother is a very creative person. She runs her own business, but she always dreamed about being an artist that she couldn't pursue when she has to choose her career and direction of her life. So she always encouraged me and my siblings to be creative and create something whenever you want to. She is good at making things, kneading and sewing and crocheting. For her, that is her creative outlet from her busy daily work. And I think I got influenced the most from her. My other siblings, we saw my mom, mom creates a lot of things, but I'm the one who always wanted to learn how to crochet, how to knit and how to sew. And I love uh, fabrics. So even when I was in elementary school, I have a box that I collect scraps of fabrics. And that my tiny collection was growing as I grow. And by the time when I went to a college, I have a big box full of small, tiny scraps of fabrics. Unfortunately, I don't have them with me anymore. When I was getting married and moved to different place, I think I lost my box. But that is my secret box that I always can open and play with it. And sometimes I dare to make something out of my collections of collection of fabrics. And since I love fabrics and making things, I wanted to learn how to crochet and knit and sew. And that led me naturally go to college and study clothing and textile. And I had a pretty happy time in college and I got a job and work as a fashion designer, very low rank. So I have my assignment is going, go to the fabric market and take the small swatches for the possible collection and research for the trends. And sometimes all day long, I have to find right color of dread and buttons for the upcoming collection, but I loved it. I worked as a designer and I felt I need to learn more. So I went back to school, graduate school, and studied fashion design. Until then, I didn't know that I will do 
what I do right now, which is making and sharing and taking my own tradition. My focus was always on Western style fashion, Western style trend and what is current. But life made me move to California when my husband got a job in California, the Bay Area. So my family back then, my husband and me and my daughter, who is six-month-old baby. So we packed and we moved. And we thought we'd live in California for maybe five years, seven years. And then we will go back home. But it didn't turn that way. Ended up, we are still living in here after 26 years. And at some point, I realized I need to find something in here. Many people like to create something with hands. We have to make something. We can't stop. So I was picking up Western style quilting and knitting and crocheting again and some sewing because I wanted to make some clothes for my daughter when she was young. And one day I was looking at, um, this was another box of my collection because I lost my collection of scraps of fabrics, but I have some Korean fabrics and Korean garments that I brought with me from Korea. And I just thought, oh, maybe I can make something out of this. And the easiest way that I can start was pojagi and jogakbo, Korean uh, wrapping clothes. So I made and gradually people recognized me doing something and they wanted to see and I wanted to share. And yeah, that led me to here. And I love sharing things that I love to do with people. So thinking back on your fashion kind of design career and your time going to college for textiles, how do you feel that's influenced today? Do you feel like there's any influence that has carried through your fashion jobs or things like trends and stuff like that's carried through to your work today? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think it's different focus or direction, but my education and the training that I got during that time made me stronger in many ways. So I, I don't know. How can I explain? But I have my own time that I need to make a decision and the training back then now helped me and seeing the trend and colors. And I love colors. So playing with color is a very fun thing to me and my education and some experience as a designer made me able to make a decision when I need to do it right now. But Definitely my education and background helped me being here right now. Reflecting back on what it was like to move with being a new mom and to a new country and a new experience, how do you feel like making was a sort of way to cope or find comfort in just like a lot of change because you already were going through this big life change of being a mom and 
then moving somewhere new, there's just so much happening. I'm sure it was really actually quite challenging to go through that. Right. Actually, uh, before I got married, I got a job and I went back to school and then I got married. And the reason that I got married at that time was because my husband's company was sending him to the Bay Area for one year. And he said, I don't want to go alone. We need to go together. So we hurriedly got married and came here and lived one year. And I was taking a break from work and school back then, and we had a great time. And then we went back to Korea and thought we will never have another chance to come here and live in a different country. So it was good, good one year of experience and we had a good memory. And after three years, we went back home, which is Korea. During that three years, I went back to school and I finished my course, the graduate course. And at the same time, my daughter was born and everything was happening at the same time. And right after I finished my thesis and my daughter was just born and my husband said, oh, I got a job offer in the Bay Area, would you like to go back and live maybe five years this time? So that was time that I was thinking about, oh, what about my career or my dream? But again, I thought five years, maybe I can try and we will have new experience. And then we came and as you can see, raising a kid and adjust to a new life took some time. And that five years just passed so quickly. And I think I was, I didn't know that was that difficult back then, but it was surely difficult time to adjust to ev almost everything new. So I think I made a lot of things back then. Needing small, tiny sweaters for my daughter and making a garment for her and some necessary items for kitchen. I don't have to make it, but I just have to make it because that is the way that I, how can I say? That's the way that I just make myself feel comfortable. And it's a subtle way of coping, I think. So yeah. So making helped me a lot. When you look at those kind of early years and Obviously, you were well on your way to your path now, but how did that next 20 years look as you found your groove? Because you have a beautiful business now, and I'm sure that was a journey to get from that point to now. Yeah. So I was making, but I didn't know what I am going to do with my things that I make, uh, but I have to make. So here and there, this and that I was making and creating and everything happened organically without my intention or that goal. Things happened and I just went through that path. The last 20 years, people wanted to see. So I went out and show and share and people wanted to see more and wanted to learn. So I started teaching how to make pojaki and other things. And it's just not the making thing. It always has some backgrounds about culture 
and philosophy and the things that I want to share with people. For example, hand stitching is an act of wishing happiness in Korean culture. And I wrote, read from book at the beginning, but as I do and practice and share, I was feeling the same feeling and I could agree with that idea. So I wanted to share that idea with people whenever I teach. I would say share rather than teach because it's not just skill that I just pass from one direction for me to other people. It's like share ideas and makings and the ways and by doing it, people, I can see we are bonding each other. Say something, but you can just understand each other. I think it's beautiful. And that's how my path lasted 20 years went. And I think I do make plans and I do have things I want to do, but things always happen in unexpected a way. Sometimes it's um, stepping back, but mostly for me, it is always moving on in a good way. So I don't know how my future will be, but I will just do whatever I do right now. And I believe I will find maybe another 20 years after. Oh, well, life made me come here. For example, I started sharing Bojagi with people around me and more people wanted to see and more places and organizations wanted to me one come and share what I love to do, which is really great. And by doing it, I saw some needs and wanting that I wanted to share more of my tradition and culture with more people, with like-minded people. And those people also wanted to see more. So that's how I started Korea textile tour. So travel with people with the same interest. So deep in my mind, I might have some goals and things that I want to really do, but I'd rather say the opportunity just came to me while I was doing what I like to do. So what do you think has been the hardest part of your journey? Hardest part of my journey was finding myself in here because this is my home for 26 years and I still feel like, oh, I need to, do I need to go back someplace, someday? So that is a little hard for me, but again, I will just say take difficulty as an opportunity. So I try to embrace two different things, two different places, two different cultures, as my standing in between is hard to think. But I would say maybe I can take it as my own advantage. So some people come to me because they want to learn. Some people come to me because they want to see more, not only techniques, or um, visible, tangible things. But some people are really curious about the culture and the background. And yeah, I can see when they feel happy from learning or getting from me. And I just feel like, okay, yeah, I'm useful. That's very simple mind, but mindset, but 
that makes me happy. Tell me a little bit about your Korean textile tour. So I was going outside and meeting a lot of people with same interest, similar interest. And at some point, I want to share more and I want to take people and experience the same thing at the same time. And I was dreaming about it. And at some point, there were two more friends that we were thinking very similar ideas. So we started dreaming and brainstorming about how we can make this happen. And it happened in 2017. So we took off with 10 women and we went to Korea and explore and visit places and take workshops and visiting museums. And I just feel, oh, this is really cool that I can share and I can explore at the same time. I left my country. Korea when I was 28. So I thought I knew a lot about Korea and places and traditions. But when I started textile tour, I realized, oh, I know very little about places and traditions that I love to share. So that this is a chance that I take people and at the same time, a chance for me to learn more about my culture. So I took people several years and the pandemic stopped me from doing it. So during that time, it was hard, but I think I have plenty of time to dream about what to do next. And I was checking places and artists. So I have list full of itinerary with me. So whenever I we can restart, we can just take off. You just came back from a trip to Korea and I'm sure had a whole fresh new perspective and ideas. This trip was um, the trip that I really wanted to visit my family and scouting places and people for the tour too. So first half, I spent good time with my family. We were able to catch up on each other. And the next half, I went to the places that I made a list while I was in the Bay Area at home. While we were not allowed to travel, I was able to visit some masters and intangible treasures of traditional craft, such as indigo dyeing and Korean hand quilting master. So I can think of bringing my people next year. And I attended quilt shows in Korea, reconnected with people and friends that I visited in the past with my textile tour people. So it was really a nice time that I figured out that I think I can start again. And there are so many things and places and people that I want to visit. And some of my participants are returning people. I never thought about that when I started the tour. I thought people would take one time and then I will have to think about or recruit new people every time. But it turned out some people wanted to come back and see more. So I cannot keep one itinerary and use it for five years or 10 years. 
I have to find some new places. And that didn't make me feel like a burden or test because whenever I find new people, new places to visit, then I just feel like getting excited. Oh, I want to see and I want to learn about this tradition. So I want to take people with me. It's never ending, never getting tired task, which is really fortunate for me. March 18th and 19th, join us for Ritual, a retreat that includes nine plus creative care workshops from an amazing lineup of instructors, community, and much more. We will gather from all over the world to create a very special place, one where we can expand our skills as makers and learn rituals to help restore our bodies, minds, and souls. Become a member of our monthly crafting club for makers, Bright Collective, and receive 40% off your ritual ticket. To see the schedule and snag your tickets, head to makingzine.com. And we have a special 10% discount to Bright Collective yearly memberships for podcast listeners. Use discount code MAKINGCONVO10 during checkout. That's M-A-K-I-N-G-C-O-N-V-O-1-0. Visit makingzine.com to learn more. The biggest thanks to our Bright Collective members. You're directly supporting the development of the Making app, production of this podcast, and everything else we do here at Making. Well, it's, it just gives me joy. The textile tour was not the thing that I planned as my life goal or whatever, but it just came to me. The idea came and I was able to make it happen and I was able to see people were happy to be with me and to see new cultures, culture and tradition. And it just gives me more idea and more ideas. So I just make, it makes me feel like, oh, I need to do more and find more and research more, not only for the tour, but also for my own curiosity too. And that makes me happy and my people happy too. I love that. You do natural dyeing right now though, right? Like I, I see a lot of your fabric is naturally dyed, right? Yeah, I try to because as I make more things and when I make or teach, that is a chance that I also learn from by teaching or meeting people and the more classes and practice I do, I just feel like, oh, that is Another area that I really want to do, natural dyeing. And, and I try, I want to make my own color too. And natural dyeing just appealed to me in many times and many occasions. So slowly I was curious and wanted to try more. So I started with a very easy ways and easy ingredients in and easy materials such as onion skins and the kitchen scraps of avocado pits and things like that. And gradually I try more colors and more materials. So I'm not an expert, but I like to experiment a lot of time and it's fun too. I love that. And when I make or my other work with naturally dyed materials, it feels different. And I love the color palettes that nature gives me. Yeah, it does feel different when I make something from naturally dyed fabric versus acid dyes. There's a different connection that you have with the piece. 
Yeah, I think so too. So let's transition and talk a little bit about ritual. You are going to teach a really fun ritual, which I'm really excited and so glad you're going to be a part of our first virtual retreat. And your ritual is called Stitching Happiness. Can you share a little bit about what Stitching Happiness ritual looks like? Yeah, I'm really excited about sharing with um, people in ritual, the retreat and the stitching with happiness. When Korean women were making bojagi in all the days, that's mostly done by hand. And hand stitching is an act of wishing happiness. And each stitches that people put is a small tiny wish for happiness and well-being of users or recipients. And Bojagi is Korean wrapping cloth that wraps, covers, um, carries, stores things, but not only objects, but also happiness too. So my idea of hand stitching is it's very meditating, meditative act. And at the same time, you can put your own good intention to your creation. And I thought that will work with a ritual retreat. And I want to experience that wishing happiness, that idea with people who participate. It's not only for yourself, but also for makers can get good intentions and happiness from making and the recipients can also get benefit from the finished project. And I think it's act of wishing happiness can make people happy. So that's what I want to share with people. I'm so excited for that because I think you've talked a little bit about that in workshops that you've done that I've been a part of in the past. I think exploring that a little bit more and having space to really talk about that and talk about the history of it and thought and intention that comes from Korean culture and your background and bringing that into a space where ritual is really about how we see making as self-care of self-love and how sacredness around making. It isn't always like that. Making can take on many forms of both self-expression, but also needing to do something like you need something but being able to fold in this idea of happiness and infusing love into this thing that you're making but also is the perfect place to explore in ritual because it's really at its essence that's what it's all about is exploring this relationship that we have with making in a little bit of a different way because it's been a hard, especially hard few years for everyone. And I think we all could use a little bit of space to look at our making, but also look at ourselves and take care of ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, my creative journey that I talked before, I did not know when I started, but making the act of making made me feel comfortable and peaceful and assured that I will be okay. And as I teach and share with people, I, whether I intended or not, I think that positive energy and idea was passed down, passed to other people too. 
And I think that's why people coming back to me and ask me, let's do more. And that the idea that I was able to start Korea Textile Tour. So positive energy is moving around and pass to other people. And I think when you asked me to participate the ritual retreat, I was thinking about what I can do, what can I do? And I thought passing that positive idea and wishing happiness is an idea that I want to share with people because it helped me and it passed to other people. And as you said, we all need a little bit of self-care and wishing happiness and the idea that we will be okay. And act of making can help us to find peaceful mind, I think. Absolutely. I just love everything you've shared. Is there anything that we haven't covered yet that maybe you want to talk about? My joy of doing all the things is sharing and passing the good intention. And I think I was able to witness from many occasions that the good intention and wishes for happiness is going around and can be passed down or passed out. And sometimes it boomerangs me. So it comes back to me and makes me happy. So I would say keep making and share the positive energy with as many people as we can share. Well, that's my main idea of nowadays. That could be the answer to the last question I usually ask, which is, if you have a message for the world, what would it be? Well, be positive, be nice, and make lots of things and pass the past positive energy. <laughs> yeah, that that's, that's my simple idea. And make yourself happy and make yourself, yeah, others happy. But the medium or the way of doing that for me is making, let's say, by hand. And it doesn't have to be sewing or limited to a certain thing. You can just grab anything and make things and make yourself happy and that energy will, will be around you, reverberate and make others happy too. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to this year, I think. For some reason, 2022 has felt maybe the hardest year of the past few. And I feel like 2023, there's something around the corner, something a little bit lighter, maybe. Yeah. I think people are getting tired of seeing uncertainty for the last two years. And this year, it's really getting tired of this heaviness and a lot of people are hoping for a better tomorrow in 2023, I think. And I too hope things get better and nothing is going to be the same as before, but more positive, small change that people can feel. That's what we need and maybe hope can make things a little brighter, I think. Well, I think I say happiness too many times, but yeah, that's what I 
That's what we need. To join the amazing community of makers in the making app, head to themakingapp.com to download and sign up or head to your favorite app store and search making. You can listen to the Making Conversation podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Of course, we'd love for you to subscribe and share with your friends. But also, did you know that you can listen to the Making Conversation podcast in the Making app? Open up the Making app and click Discover. Scroll down to Podcasts and you'll see all current and past podcasts listed there. You can listen while you scroll the feed, post details in a project, search through the marketplace, or even just have it out while you're working on your favorite whip. If you've made it this far and you're interested in sponsoring Making Conversation, send us a note at hq at makingco.com and we'll be in touch. As always, thanks for listening and we'll see you in the Making app.